This is the Shape America podcast, hosted by Colin Brooks and Matt Pomeroy, making 50 million strong by 2029. Welcome to the Shape America podcast. I'm your host, Matt Pomeroy. Uh, I'm flying solo today. Uh, Colin Brooks, man, that man is is one busy man working on his PhD. We miss having him here, but uh, he's still helping out in the background and doing whatever he possibly can and doing some really good things for our profession. And uh, Stephanie Sandino, she was so close, but there's wildfires going on out in California again. And uh, boy, that's messing things up for her commute home and things like that. But I am holding down the fort tonight and I'm really excited about it. Uh, miss them both, but uh, we know we'll be all back together here soon enough. So uh, thanks to everyone for tuning in to the Shape America podcast. And, uh, we just appreciate you guys listening in, giving us some feedback, learning along with us. Uh, wherever it is that you are, and uh, we're excited to bring you another episode. So uh, without further ado, this is the Health and Physical Education. It's a coordinator chat. Um, so we're talking to some amazing health and physical education coordinators out there and trying to get some ideas from them. Uh, they're around PE teachers and health teachers all the time, and they're seeing it happen, and uh, they're doing great things within their district, and they've got uh, health and physical educators that are doing great things as well. So uh, talk about a wealth of knowledge and information. Uh, we're excited to have them. And even if you're not a coordinator, you know, this this podcast is for you. They're going to definitely give you ideas that you can uh, implement as soon as possible. So uh, without further ado, let's meet our panel. We got four of them with us and I might not even need to talk, to talk the rest of the show. We'll see what happens. But uh, welcome, David. All right. Hello. Thank you very much for having us on. And uh, as Matt said, my name is Dave, uh, Dave Gussich from, uh, I'm now an assistant principal in my first year in New Canaan, Connecticut, uh, right down the road from Westport where I was for the last 14 years and uh, 10 of those years spent as a health and PE coordinator and uh, department chair there. But I'm uh, keeping the passion alive and I'm still responsible for working with the health and PE program at the new school. And uh, in addition to the career and technical education and science departments as well. So it's great to, great to be back with you guys and, uh, and see some uh, familiar faces from the PLN. Good to have you, Dave. Thanks for being here. And Eric. Hey, David. It's good to see you again. Um, this is really exciting. This is my first podcast, so I'm excited <laughs> nice. about it. Yeah. Um, uh, so I'm uh, the curriculum administrator in the 11th largest school district in the United States, uh, school district of Palm Beach County in South Florida. Uh, like Houston, we had that big uh, storm recently, Irma, and uh, seven days off, and uh, we were still recovering a little bit, so it's pretty good. We're getting back to normal. Um, this is my 11th year as the administrator of health and physical education. Uh, prior to that, I came to I was working in New York City public schools as an administrator in health and physical education as well, and just absolutely love going to work every day and every Monday when it comes around. So I'm excited to be on this podcast with you guys. Nice. Thanks for taking your time and being here. And uh, Mario. Hey, how's everybody doing? I'm Mario Reyna. I'm in uh, McAllen, Texas, just about three miles out of the south of the Mexican border. I've been uh, doing my thing here as a 
in the McAllen Independent School District for 37 years, 16 as a health and physical education coordinator. Thank you for this opportunity, Matt, and uh, it's just an honor to be with this panel. Yeah, it's great to be talking to you today. So thank, thank you for being here, and, and, and Sam. Thanks for the invite. <clears throat> Glad to be here, just as everybody said. Man, my name is Samuel Carnes. I'm in Spring Branch ISD. As Eric said, uh, we too experienced some recent um, historic flooding. So Houston Strong, just holding it down here. Uh, I've been in administration for about five years, uh, total just 10 years in the, the education system. Uh, and continuing to learn from great individuals and leaders that are on this podcast. So just excited to be a part of this group. All right. Again, thank you guys for taking your time out and being here. Uh, we really appreciate it. And again, get some learning out to our listeners. And uh, and again, showcase some of the good things that are, that are going around throughout those schools in the United States. So uh, we know that every day is different and there's not a normal day ever within any of our jobs. But uh just talk us through, um, because your your job is different than my job, you know. And um, so, what's what's just the day in the life uh, of a coordinator of what you guys are doing? Just talk us through it a little bit. I'll jump in. You know, I think uh, kind of just considering where we're all at. You know, you're learning to have to wear multiple hats. Um, some some days you get to wear bulletproof vests. Sometimes you get to wear a fire jacket. Um, there's a lot of things you do as a leader, and I think that that's just important to remember. Um, you know, we we serve multiple responsibilities beyond just health and PE. Many of us wear the hats related to coordinated school health, employee wellness. Um, but, but, you know, I think the most important thing that we try to re- to do in our district is to get out there and be visible with our staff, let them know we care about them, roll up our sleeves. Uh, it's always good to be reminded of why we do what we do. And, and I find a lot of that passion by making campus visits out to my staff when I have the time to do that. So I definitely try to uh, carve out time on my calendar and be more um, cognizant of that. I think, uh, you know, a lot of times within leadership, we get caught up in a lot of the discussions and and debates and making sure that we're advocating for our programs. But uh, we have to remember to take care of our staff. And so, like I said, one of the things that I try to do on a daily basis is whether I check in with my staff virtually through, through a Voxer chat group that we have to support them, or like I said, making those campus visits, especially to our new staff that are there that are rookies or second year teachers, want to make sure that we provide them with all the support and resources that we, we can. So again, um, if we're not in meetings, uh, taking care of things related to the staff wellness, coordinated school health, uh, and just advocating for our programs and letting folks know what it is that we do and why it's so critical to the whole child, uh, I try to get out there in the field with my folks and just, like I said, work hand in hand with them. Hey, uh, as as you guys roll through this question too, uh, let us know like what's the size, shape, like draw us a little picture of of who, how many, how many schools, things like that that you're dealing with. Gotcha. Did you want me to? I, I'll add that real quickly. I, sorry, I didn't add yeah, that earlier. Yep, yep. Um, we, no, that's we have, a good. Uh, Forty one campuses, so we have twenty five elementaries, seven traditional middle schools, but we have two charter ca- campuses built within that. So we have a Sky program partnership with which is uh yes prep and kip and then we have four high schools and we have an ib school as a westchester academy or i guess it's an academy and then we also have the the guthrie which is the cte and so all in all we have about 41 campuses and then uh, i guess i didn't include the pre-k centers but we do have pre-k centers that we also have uh kids in our district that attend and then for staff wellness we work with about 60 to 70 sites to drive employee wellness within our district of a and so 
We have about 4,600 employees and we're a district, kind of not a large size district, but we have 35,200 kids in our district that we're responsible for on a daily basis. It's, it's some serious business. All right. I think Dave was ready. Yeah, I'm going to feel a little insufficient after uh, hearing those numbers. And I know the other guys have some <laughs> uh, pretty big numbers as well. I've been in meetings with these guys before and I'm prepared for that. So um, I, I was coming from a, you know, a small district in, in um, Connecticut, which relatively speaking, it was actually on a larger size. Um, it was about a little under 6,000 <clears> students. Uh, it was eight, eight schools, five elementary, two middle, one high school. Um, and now being in one school, it's, uh, it's nice to kind of focus all the time, energy and attention there. And just generally speaking, I mean, whether you're traveling around uh, district, county, uh, you know, part of the state is, like Sam said, whether it's in person or, or virtually, uh, be invisible, be there for the kids, be there for the teachers, um, and, and just promoting quality health and physical education and uh, advocating the role of quality PE and health and the positive impact it has on educating the whole child. Um, and, you know, asking questions, you know, ask, ask the teachers how things are going, um, ask students what they're learning and, um, you know, are, are they, are the learning objectives visible? Um, and are they out there consistently? So the kids understand the reason, the meaning, the purpose and the value of, uh, the experience that they're getting on a daily basis, hopefully daily, not always. <laughs> You want me to go? <laughs> go right ahead. <laughs> All right. So, uh, again, Eric Stern, uh, the 11th largest school district in the United States, uh, school district of Palm Beach County. Uh, we have 186 public schools and about 30 charter schools, so 110 elementary and about roughly 75 uh, secondary schools. I have 400 health and physical education teachers in my county, uh, which is pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, I just posted a position today to hire a district adaptive P PE teacher so to join my staff, so I'm really thrilled about getting that position. Um, I have two district resource teachers that work for me. Amy Schneider is primarily my elementary specialist and my driver education high school specialist. And then Denise Medeiros, who works on my middle and high school PE and health as well. So uh, daily, um, about 250 emails a day, roughly from my schools and teachers. So getting through that is a, is a navigation. Um, serving a lot of district committees. Some people I talk to every day, legal, risk management, um, other people in the curriculum department. Just you know, always got to keep my, my uh, doors open with them and my communication. Um, roughly, you know, it, it's supposed to be a nine-hour workday, but it never is. Mm -hmm. It's 11, 12 hours every day. It takes them home. Um, my cell phone is available to all of my teachers at every moment. My superintendent and... Sometimes school board members email you at night and stuff like that, but it's it's great. I mean, there's always uh, movement and action going on. Um, you know, we have great teachers. We have great teachers. Unfortunately, sometimes we don't have some great teaching going on, but it, it keeps me on my toes and it's very busy. And that's just the health and wellness and PE side. You know, I am responsible for 15,000 high school seniors to graduate every year. I supervise 32 high school graduations. Um, and that's just uh, other duties as assigned as most that's of us have as well. That's amazing, Eric. Written I don't know how you managed yeah. to uh, have a schedule to keep <laughs> up with all those schools. So here in McAllen, Texas, we are actually like four hours south of San Antonio. So you can get a perspective of where we're at. And in, in this area, we're called the Rio Grande Valley. Unfortunately, it's one of the worst obesity rates in the, in the country. But uh, down here, there's about... 30 other school districts, that are, that's what we consider it, the Rio Grande Valley. A lot of different districts around here. 
And in my job, it's usually like everybody else from seven to seven, a grind every day. It goes by real fast because there's always uh, projects going on. Like you said, Eric, other duties assigned. I'm in a lot of different committees and uh, I've even run the school board elections. So that was kind of fun. And uh, on Friday nights, uh, on Thursday and Friday nights, I do the uh, the color, color analyst for our football games because we have those games. You know how Texas football is. So it's always, can, always a grind. <laughs> always a grind and just busy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Lots of different projects. I can, I'm on I can hear him do that. Committee. <laughs> I'm on the recruiting committee. So it's just, it's just, it's just a lot of work. And on top of that, we're always, I'm always here as a resource for staff, making sure because as we, as we have evolved, as physical education has improved, there's still always challenges down here. So I'm that guy that I'm, I'm always taking the arrows from the principals, from the parents, and from community members. But at the end of the day, it, it all pays off because I think our programs are, are doing very well. But there's always challenges, and it all goes back to, and maybe we'll have a discussion on that, how uh, the standardized testing, how, how difficult it is, where there's a lot of concentration on that. And sometimes not enough on the emotional, social, and, and the physical development of the child. So, But it, it's all worth it. I've done it for uh, many years. I enjoy it. And, of course, what, what happens to all of us, we're always catching up on Saturdays, I'm sure. <laughs> Got that right. Well, you guys are all doing amazing things, and we appreciate you you know, stepping up and taking that position and doing the things that you're doing because, obviously, it... it helps out what we're doing um and and of course it impacts so many students um so thank you for doing the things you're doing and working as hard as you guys do um let's we're gonna go a little bit uh, a rapid fire on this next one okay so just kind of one thing at a time best teaching like pedagogical things best teaching practice that you're seeing kind of on a on a daily basis so um try to just a one thing that you've seen recently and then someone else ago, uh, try to be, you know, a little bit specific about it. Um, you know, so just the great things that you're seeing on a daily basis, uh, anything pedagogical, you know, wise, um, just to give us, you know, some, some great things to hear and learn from, um, you know, from the staffs that you see. So health, P, anything, Dave's going to go first. I can see it. <laughs> Try to take one and then we'll pass it to someone else and then it can come back again to you later and we'll just keep firing for a little while. All right, Dave, sure. take us off. Since I'm still getting a feel for uh, staff at the new school, um, but it seems to be a great department. And one of the biggest things I'm seeing, they're really putting a focus and emphasis on building relationships and really getting to know the kids on the personal level. Um, you know, and, and I, I couldn't ask for anything more. Um, you know, you, you really need that as a foundation if you're going to expect them to to learn and, and get the most out of the class. So I'm going to go with uh, relationship building to start out. Boom. So I'll go next. Um, you know, one of the things that we've been encouraging our staff to move away from, because I think you kind of, there's a traditional mindset. And so we've kind of shifted the mindset to move from co-teaching because we have a lot of teachers that are paired up together. And so one of the things that we've been uh, encouraging and pushing and striving them to do is to begin more doing a team teaching where they would break up into different sections and not have two people in one gym. Utilize your resources that are there. Break it into smaller group sizes so that kids are getting kind of that differentiated instruction. Uh, and it's safe for their, for their kids and class sizes because as we all have experienced in our own experiences, we, ha- we might have class sizes of 100 to 150 at one time. And so putting all of them into a gym that's already not big enough for kids. We, we really push ours to do the team teaching model versus the co-teaching, like I said, which is where they kind of 
break up and so if there's three of them they'll divide them equally and then those kids will get different lessons and then they'll kind of do variations of where those kids will rotate throughout those three uh, experts at the table to provide kind of that enriched nice. enriched experience all right so uh, i've seen some really great teaching to start the school year uh, I think the biggest improvement so far is uh, assessment, checking for learning, and monitoring the instruction. Um, our teachers are really getting into uh, uh, the magnetic clickers this year on the cookie sheets. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you've seen some of Amy's tweets, she's been going out to schools and modeling that. A lot of our teachers, we did a lot of uh, sticker QR codes in the beginning to get kids active and with iPad instruction to begin the year. You get away from the traditional model of, of instruction. Uh, teachers are engaged. They love new things. Uh, so... The biggest thing is is the questioning too, like really asking meaningful, thoughtful questioning, connecting to prior learning, and also what could be expected ahead. So teachers are really diving deep into the lessons. Uh, it's been a great so it's been a great uh, year so far to to watch some elementary physical education instruction. This is where it's really taking place. So we're excited about that. And I would like to add, I mean, it's not good being the last one because you guys already touched on everything so wonderful. But I'll I'll, I'll give it a shot. Good job, guys. <laughs> I think, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. Ready for From my perspective, uh, what I like is uh, on the benefits on the on being a health and peak coordinator is when you're having a tough day and then you go to the schools and you see that things are happening the way you want to happen. What I like is when I walk into a gym and then you see there's a lot of movement. The kids are having a lot of fun. There's uh, music. There's technology going on. There's stations going on. And there's control. And we know that if they're following our curriculum, which is based out of the SHAPE national standards and our own Texas, uh, they're called the te Texas Essentials of Knowledge and Skills, and there's assessment going on, you know that uh, there's a lot of productivity and the kids are going to become health and physical literate, which is it's all about. So that's what I enjoy about this job. Yeah, who's next? There we go. Yeah, Dave, I'll, I'll hop it. up again just to say one of my favorite things to see is uh, I, I mentioned a little bit in my previous response was uh, visible learning, just that there are clear objectives up and it, it, the kids really have a focus on what uh, is being expected of, of them in any given class. And, um, you know, to kind of tie into that, um, one of my favorite strategies that, that I see uh, being employed is uh, jigsaw teaching. I, I love seeing that. I think it really brings it back to, um, you know, a student-centered level. And, you know, it typically is done in, in small groups and it gives them a little bit of a deeper understanding of what um, what's going on within the class that they have to learn it and then bring it back and teach it to their groups. Uh, I'll also add to one of the things that we uh, implemented a couple years ago is we we kind of identified some gaps for some of our kids. And so many of the participants here uh, have shared just how critical the social emotional learning is. And so. Our district actually branded some core values a few years ago, and so we actually created about eight lessons that's implemented in all of our secondary schools uh, that have eight character education lessons that are tied to our core values so that the Spring Branch way in our district, which again is just our core values and every district has their own core values, but um, that's strongly embedded within our own curriculum through the, like I said, our secondary schools, and I can tell you Feedback-wise from some of our secondary coaches is, you know, this has been an amazing program. It's helped to just develop some leadership within their kids and, and really taking it to another notch in terms of helping them develop socially and emotionally. So, again, that, that's been a huge benefit, just adding that character education piece. Can you talk about a can you talk about some of those core yeah, values? Yeah, so we have uh, five core values. 
So one of those is Collaborative Spirit. And so through Collaborative Spirit, we actually implemented a, a physical activity that goes with that. So many of us have done something similar to Survivor, where you might have to get from one side of the gym to the other. And so a lot of their discussion involves hitting kind of what does it mean to have Collaborative Spirit? How does that work through this Survivor activity that they do, which is kind of having those social skills where you got to problem solve, you got to talk about how you're going to get from point A to point B. We have these um, number of, of materials or equipment, and how are we going to work together to get across it? Um, so, like I said, each one, that's just one of them. We have five of them, but each week they kind of focus on one of those core values, and then we added movement with an activity because, we, you know, in physical education, we want our kids to be moving, having some moderate to, phys moderate to vigorous physical activity, vigorous. And so... Um, that's just a quick example, but like I said, uh, we'd be more than happy to share. Again, it's we, we took our curriculum writers for secondary so that they were there since they were going to be the ones that drive it. Uh, we had them actually create the lessons so that that way they would have buy-in for delivering those lessons. I like the common language aspect of that too. Just, you know, people using the same common language, uh, same thing. Kids learn, I think, a whole lot quicker at that point in time too. All right, Eric and Mario, you got one more? Uh, one of the things that's very important that helps us here is, of course, supporting your district core values. Like our district is called Esteem Plus, and then we, we work a lot on the emotional intelligence, and everybody talks about that. And what I've noticed, it doesn't matter what superintendent is here. It doesn't matter any core value that a district and a mission envision because of what we do in physical education, which is about the total development of the child, we can tie into anything for it. And, you know, like on one of the core values we have is personal management and then lifelong learning and well-being. So that's a, that's a big deal with us. So it doesn't matter. I tell them, give us whatever you want. We can touch upon it. And that's the thing, the beauty of how physical education brings value to the district goals. Yeah, just a good job, guys. And just a uh, you, you really said everything so far. Uh, <laughs> last week with International Walk Your Child School Day, um, we actually have the largest walk in the United States in Palm Beach County. Uh, we have over thirty-five thousand kids that participate uh, just on that last Wednesday. Um, so it's phenomenal. I mean, our, our teachers have bought into community events, what it means to get parents involved, get full st staff participation between all grade level teachers, administration, transportation. Uh, school safety officers, uh, and just the community. And, you know, it, it takes a lot to pull it off between signs. But, we, you know, we have a lot of community partners that come and support that event, and we get we get funding for it as well. So uh, just proud to see, you know, the schools, like you said, con continuous and c constant language, just doing the same thing and sending that message throughout our whole county. So 35,000 kids walking last week That's was awesome. pretty, pretty powerful. That's, awesome. That's great, Eric. Congratulations. Thanks, guys. Huge. Any more? You want to move on? I would add just one more, one more All thing, right. real quick. Sorry. Um, there we go. Yeah. One of the things that we try to do, uh, you know, I think in physical education, you know, we have our required minutes that we want our kids to move, but we know that kids need to move. And so, one of the things that's been a highlight for us is to go to some of our campuses that have kinesthetic learning through action-based learning labs. So, Gene Blades does a lot of great work within our district, as as well as uh, Mike Kusala. And so um, as I go to some of our campuses, you know, we have the physical education classes, but to see those movement labs or those, those action-based learning labs where kids are getting additional movement throughout the day and it's not our health and PE teachers that, that are delivering it, 
it just kind of warms your heart to see that they see the benefits of movement and how that impacts kids in their learning. And so uh, it's kind of spreading like a, a wildfire. We have a kinesthetic collaborative in our district, uh, which is where uh, we have ABL coordinators for the district, and they host these uh, monthly meetings where staff and folks within the district that want to learn more about how can I implement kinesthetic learning into my, my uh, school, they have the opportunity to learn that. Uh, and then in addition to that, we just have a Greater Houston Kinesthetic Collaborative. So again, it's just, it's starting to blow up. It's It's been around forever. Um, Gene Blades, like I said, has done a lot of great work, but that's just been a really a, a huge win for, I think, the profession of what we do, because again, it's in addition to the required minutes that's already happening. So to see that is just amazing sight to see the kids and, and how that's working. It's outstanding. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you, everyone, for sharing that. Um, and I think we're kind of transitioning right away to that next question, which was perfect. But um, kind of moving from those little things that you're seeing in your classes to like some of the big things that are going on within, you know, within maybe particular schools or that might involve your whole district. And I know Eric was kind of hitting on, you know, kind of one that did that. But uh, what are they? How are you guys making them happen? And it doesn't have to be what's happening, you know, next week or next month. But what are some things that you've done? How have you made them happen? And I think my my thought process with this is, again, it's for coordinators, but hopefully there's something you could grab onto, you know, whether you're in a small district, whether you don't have any help, or you can recruit someone from the PTA or PTO, you know, to help out as well. But um, I know that you guys are doing great things, and I know that other people can implement some of them too. So, uh Let's talk about some of the really cool things, those big events that are happening. All right, so I'll just jump in. Oh, God, Mario. <laughs> you first. <laughs> hey, man, if you're a color commentator down at Friday Night Lights in Texas, you can take the stage. Very good. Dave or Eric? Dave, go ahead, Dave. All right. Um, you know, I'm, I'm actually just going to hop on to what Sam brought up. I'm so glad that you brought it up about kinesthetic learning. Um, that was something we put a lot of emphasis on in, in Westport, and uh, it was very well received. And, um, you know, it really does circle back to the importance of taking a look at all the domains and how uh, movement can enhance learning and, you know, really how, again, focusing on educating the whole child um, really makes it big picture. And, you know, that, that having the science-based research to back it up and in the workshops available to, to see it in action. Um, and now seeing a little bit more of that uh, going on across the country and, and sharing the positive stories uh, has been helpful. I've been, uh, you know, happy to see that in, in the new district I'm in, New Canaan, uh, that some of the schools have taken that on as, as part of their goals. And, you know, I'm looking for ways to continue to support that. And um, a little bit more specifically, uh, we're just launching a district uh, employee wellness committee. Um, I put something out on, on Twitter uh, last week about that and got some responses. Thank you. Yeah. And, um, you know, so if, if there's anybody out there listening and uh, you have any resources or programs right. <laughs> uh, that you're proud of, please reach out. But, um, you know, really currently working on some of the branding for that program and trying to make it sharp and, and um, you know, really, again, stress the benefits of, um, you know, I know I've referenced educating the whole child, but, you know, the district has now made a commitment to valuing the whole employee as well. And, uh, you know, there's, there's really a lot of value in that. And that really does translate to um, a better education for kids as well. And, and again, I want to I specify it's not coming from a point of deficit, um, but really in terms of performing at an optimal level. 
Got it. It's a good program. So I'll just I'll just talk briefly about a couple of large scale district events that we do here. Um, we have a kids marathon. We call it the Read Run uh, and Recycle Marathon Mile. It's in January every year. Roughly about five thousand elementary kids students participate. They agree to walk or run, you know, twenty five point two miles at their school with their family, and then we come to one site and we run the last mile together. Actually which is really cool. So we've got about 5,000 kids, and with parents, there's about 12,000 people that show up. Our school board members are all at the finish line to give the medals around the kids' necks, and they wear it to the next school oh. board meeting and brag about it. We have videos on it. I mean, it's pretty powerful. You think 5,000 kids is not that many, but it's actually a lot. A lot more kids participate at their school and their running clubs, but they just don't come out to the final event, which is okay. So that's really successful. That comes up this January. It's be our 11th year doing this, which is fantastic. And then more importantly, I guess, you know, at the high school level, we just passed our first ever policy on high school CPR, um, uh, hands-only CPR. So we get a lot of push from the American Heart Association. We do really great things in jump rope, for, jump rope for heart events. I mean, every one of my schools at the elementary level participates and does an event, which is 100%, 100% participation, which is amazing. But the CPR is amazing at the high school level where where every student now in biology, not, not through PE because less than 50% of our high school kids take PE, but 100% of our kids take biology at high school level. So, But we're doing it through PE teachers. So all of our PE teachers are actually training every student in biology at the high school level. Um, this is our first implementation. It's been so successful. And we rolled this out in our training in, um, in August. And all of our middle school teachers wanted to take this on as well. So we've already had about 9,000 kids uh, training hands-only CPR just in the middle school. And uh, if everything goes well, we'll have 15,000 uh, sophomores this year trained in hands-only CPR at the um, at the high school level. So those are just some really big district-wide district-wide things that are going on, which we're so proud of. And then we have uh, you know Go Noodle, like many people have at the elementary school, where over 42% of our classroom teachers are actually uh, using brain breaks during the school day. We track those minutes, we track the schools, we track the top teachers, we give out reports. Uh, it's phenomenal, and we kind of you know uh, empower the principals to like kind of battle each other, and who has the <laughs> highest minutes at each school level. So we're doing some good district-wide things. <laughs> But we always have room for improvement. Eric, I'd like to add that that's pretty awesome to hear because in Texas, there's a state law actually in place, I think, for at least two years Correct. where by the Correct. time all seniors graduate, they have to go through some hands-on CPR training. So that's good to hear. Yeah, that's phenomenal. We, we've tried through the legislature you know, for five consecutive years to make it a, a requirement at the high school level, but it's failed. So now we have to do the local efforts. Connecticut's on board with that, too. Awesome. If you awesome. need any documentation that will be helpful, just let us know. If I may, now, I, uh, when I saw all these questions, I'm pretty big on activities going on because I just believe in, in a lot of public relations that we have to do as a physical education. And uh, just to give you some of the events we've had, in August, something that was big for us is that the Alliance for a Healthier Generation CEO, Dr. Howell Weschler, because we're part of the Alliance, that's something everybody should look into, he was able, we were able to get him on as a keynote speaker for our big general assembly where we have all our 4,000 employees in McAllen ISD. And just to have him go in there and talk about what we're doing in physical education, what we're doing as a district, as far as other modules that it entails within the alliance was pretty awesome because it sets the stage. So then right after that, then we have a press conference where we had like six or seven media outlets and all kinds of newspapers so that was a big activity for us in August. Then in September, I'll be honest with you guys, about five years ago, no, four years ago, we started celebrating our success when back in the day was a Let's Move Active Schools and we were doing very well. So we wanted to just celebrate our success because we did well. 
And the city was also doing well. So it was just the first uh, pep rally we were going to do. And we had 5,000 people that showed up. Okay, so we were kind of amazed with that. And at the same time, a community member came in and they pushed, we pushed our own McAllen Kids Marathon. So we use that as an incentive. And now we're going into our fourth year with that. And it's been real successful because you're looking at the city officials being in this and they love the publicity. And then we have the district working and then we have like a local newspaper and a lot of community involvement. So that has been pretty big. We just came back, in fact, this weekend, going back to the Alliance for a Healthier Generation. We came back for 18 of our schools, went to San Antonio, and they were recognized for having outstanding programs, either bronze, silver, or gold. In fact, we're the only school district, baby our size, where we have two gold schools. Uh, last year we had one, and this year we had another. And so that is something that's that's big for all of us. And and every month we have projects. Like I bet you all of you have projects too going on. But if I had anything to share as some of the things, it's, my, it's public relations all the time, sharing the story. There's a lot of tremendous physical educators throughout the country, and we just don't share the story. So what happens is that we're just hurting our own profession because it's unbelievable. I am the product of a lot of different coordinators throughout the state. As you know, Samuel, we have tremendous coordinators in, in, in Texas because it's such a big state, yes, right? Sir. But yes, I sir. mean, I mean, and, and, and it, that goes back to being part of the alliance. I push the alliance big time because they provide, in August, they were the ones that, we'll, we'll talk about staff development in a little bit, I think, Matt. And they're the ones that provided all the staff development, maybe ten to twelve thousand dollars just in, in all the staff development, bringing national presenters wow. like Eric Larson. I don't know if you heard of him. He's a former Shannon Man uh, National uh, uh, Hall of. I mean, uh, what do you call that award for Shape America? So, and and so I, I do want to talk a little bit about staff development when we get there, Matt. But if I had to share something I'm real passionate about, it's let's get staff and everybody across the nation to share the wonderful work that they're doing in physical education because it promotes our profession, that we are quality. We're as good as any other teachers, any core teachers. We do just as much for kids as anybody. So I'll get off, so I'll get off of my little uh, soapbox. Right amen now. to that, man. Preach on. I was going to say, man, man, Sam's got to follow that. <laughs> well, well, I will say we, we've actually started following that lead, so I think it's just great just to see the culmination of how that's right. working. I know uh, Mario called me earlier today, and he's like, where were you in San Antonio? So we're going to see you there next year. Uh, um, you know, we've, we've started adopting that as well through the Alliance for Healthier Generation, and I think... Uh, Something just to piggyback on that, and I'll share my, my experience in the district of what we're doing. But I know that a lot of school districts are utilizing some type of school health index, some type of school health checklist. And I will say, through the alliance, and this would be even something for people who are trying to do things related to employee wellness, they have a lot of resources that are no cost to you guys to, to access that. Uh, and, and as Mario said, you get an opportunity to nationally put the spotlight on your, your districts and your campus and, you know, our administrators, our leadership within all of our districts like to be recognized through that publicity that Mario was talking about. So I definitely would encourage uh, participants because when we talk about people who can get involved, you can get involved with your school. You don't necessarily need to have the district set up a full, you know, campuses can fill out these checklists and, and apply um, to receive that. And then I would also say that people who did the Let's Move Active Schools, Mario, and, and maybe you can confirm, but... From my understanding, a lot of that got migrated over to the Alliance for Healthier Generation, which is, again, 
more of the coordinated school health model uh, through the, well, I guess the WISC model, the whole school, whole community, whole child. So again, we are adopting that. So just following in a lot of the leadership that's being presented out there. So just echoing what Mara said on that. Uh, one of the things, and so I, I apologize to Mara because Mara heard this at uh, our C Summit, which is a convention we have uh, with all the coordinators and directors in the state of Texas in June and gives us an opportunity to share best practices. But we have in our district something called the Advanced Movers Initiative, and that's a blended initiative between health fitness, which is what we refer to physical education, and athletics. And it's creating an elevated path through movement and athletics for kids all the way from elementary to college. And so just to give you a quick sneak peek at what happens at every level, in elementary, we have our, our elementary health fitness teachers to identify these kids because we did identify some gaps in sixth grade. So in Texas, uh, you cannot participate through UIL sports because they don't start until seventh grade. And I realize as I've talked to a lot of different people from all over the U.S., it, it's kind of variance in how that works. Uh, but we've we've actually implemented and put into an actual course, the sixth grade developmental athletics class, which is a little bit more of a rigorous class. And again, we designed that curriculum based off of the TEKS, which was referenced earlier through the Texas Essential Knowledge and Skills. Uh, but we added some uh, some more rigor to that because, again, these kids are getting identified early on. Uh, we've started adding intramurals. And so the one thing that I can say that we've added that's been exciting is we've we've called it the Future Coaches Academy, which is where we're taking high school kids that want to teach or coach kind of in our profession and providing development for them through partnerships. So, for example, we take the kids out, uh, freshmen, sophomore, juniors, and seniors in high school. We take them out to Texas A&M University, uh, and we have a full lineup with professors that are actually in the field of kinesiology, and they deliver different topics that you would get as if you were in a college course. And this just continues to expand. So we are actually uh, on board for the fall to go to Sam Houston State University. So just really connecting a lot of our uh, colleges with our kids. Uh, and then again, taking that a little bit lower, we're also gonna take our eighth graders out to Texas A&M because we believe that you need to plant the seed even earlier. And so we're continuing that development. But one of the things that I think is really amazing that I've seen through the Future Coaches Academy is we are taking those kids, like I said, and we're busing over fourth and fifth graders to the feeder pattern high schools of where they're actually going to go. And those kids, um, they deliver a full uh, one and a half or 1.5 hours of fundamental skill development for each of those sports. And then they culminate that at the stadium with a culminating event where they invite out the families, the community to watch their kids kind of participate in an exhibition or a small mini tournament. Um, the celebration that I'd say, and, and I know David referenced CTEs earlier, is we are actually piloting a team officiating course right now for our freshmen, sophomore, juniors, and seniors. One of our goals in our district is to provide what's well, C24, but one of the goals is to provide our kids with a certificate. And so um, these kids are actually going to earn a uh, referee officiating certificate through soccer before December is up. Uh, which means they will be, be able to take that license and go referee games um, through FIFA, which kind of covers the, the broad spectrum. Uh, in the springtime, we're going to be having them go through the baseball officiating to earn kind of the same license where they would be able to go referee. And it, you really have to be a master of each one of those sports and, and understand the knowledge and skills that go into that. So it's been exciting to see that and so we are putting that into program of studies which basically means we're going to put it into a course offering so that it becomes an actual pathway 
um, at least here in Texas through House Bill 5, we have endorsements. And so this is going to become a, a real life uh, pathway that these kids can take for graduation through high school. So again, just super excited about that piece. Um, and it's just continued to grow. And, you know, kind of what makes that happen is the partnership through community partners, through athletics, through our coaches collaborating with one another. So it's really um, kind of united our health fitness and our athletics departments to have a common goals because we're a lot of us are working with the same kids um just kind of using a different vehicle to drive that so again it's just been an amazing experience through the advanced movers initiative that we're doing wow <laughs> so cool yeah <laughs> i know talk about the things that you guys are doing it's it's outstanding and, and i love just hearing the whole realm of things um so I'm sure people have plenty of questions for you guys, <laughs> and uh, you know we'll make sure to to get them connected to you as well, um, so people can maybe start to implement some of those things. Uh, are we good? Anyone want to add anything else? Keep keep, keep on keep a trucking. I had one more, sorry, and I'll make it quick because I know that last one was long. <laughs> there's, you already there's, 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 <laughs> we are piloting this but it's neat um it's kids teaching kids they did it in north dallas area so basically our culinary students at our cte school created 21 healthy snack recipes uh from scratch and and so they made that and so last year we took uh some of our k shacks which is kids school health advisory councils which mocks the whole d shack and i won't get into the all of those acronyms but we basically <laughs> took them over there to taste test those snacks and through our partnership with um hca which is hospital corporations of america um they're producing these healthy snack recipe books for all of our elementary students to receive in january of this year and there will be a 21-day challenge where these kids will take that recipe snack book home that was created by the culinary students of our district. And they will be preparing those healthy snacks and posting that on social media to hopefully um, show effort and making change in healthy lifestyles. So again, just wanted to share that quick tidbit because that was kind of a nutritional piece that was really neat to see that cool. come together. Yeah. Really neat. Sam, just hit for the cycle on that one question. <laughs> oh man good stuff uh all right uh, i'm definitely not going to share what i'm doing because <laughs> hails in comparison and with that being said that's a wrap for the shape america podcast uh, this is going to be part one of two in our health and physical education coordinator podcast thanks again for dave eric mario and sam for joining us today again we appreciate you sharing your expertise on the show. And again, our conversation is over for today, but there will be a part two of this that you will not want to miss. Um, in part two, these coordinators will discuss uh, health and physical education PD. Like, what are, you, what are you doing that's working well? And they're going to give some advice for health and physical educators to uh, talk or advocate for admin, school boards, connecting with parents, just showcasing and advocating for your programs. Um, and then again, talk just a little bit about ESSA and what you can do to get this conversation started or really keep the conversation going. So um, pretty cool things coming up on part two. Again, if you've got questions, comments, or feedback, um, email us at podcast at shapeamerica.org. Again, that could be for uh, myself or Colin, uh, Stephanie, and 
any of our guests if you'd like to reach out to them that way too. And you can always tweet at me, Matt Pomeroy, and my username is at phyzed underscore Pomeroy, P-O-M-E-R-O-Y. And hey, take a look for some other great November podcasts. We're going to be interviewing Sarah Gitchier Hartman for the Action Pack podcast. And uh, Matt Collin and uh, Stephanie are going to be uh, reflecting and continuing to reflect throughout the year on this podcast and about everything that's happening in our health and physical education programs. And up in December, we'll have a Jump Rope for Heart and a Hoops for Heart podcast up for you uh, so you can learn more about that and figure out some ways to get that going in your program. And um, webinars coming up as well from Shape America. Uh, this one will probably have already happened uh, as this podcast is released, but uh, that webinar is on sitting on both sides of an IEP table. Um, so again, that will be a pretty neat way just to kind of learn about um, you know, what both sides of that table really feel like, all right, as a team member, the laws, challenges that parents have, and, and things like that. So again, um, pretty cool thing um, just to check out there. And, uh, and then one's happening on November 8th. Uh, it's creating professional development portfolios to make graduates more marketable. Again, a little more focused on uh, PET programs. Um, but it's a cool way and you can learn some things about getting your Pete students involved in professional activities. Um, and again, I can stand out and be more marketable in the future. So, um, cool stuff coming there. So don't forget, check that out. If it's already happened, it's still archived on the shape America website, shapeamerica.org. And again, uh, please join us in Nashville on March 20th through the 24th for the shape America national convention and expo. And this convention brings together thousands of health and physical educators to learn and get inspired by big ideas, the kind that are helping to put all children on the path to health and physical literacy. It's a commitment that Shape America calls 50 million strong. And this year's opening convention keynote, Stephen Ritz, is a great example of what 50 million strong can really look like in action. Um, an internationally celebrated educator, Ritz has transformed student lives through his Green Bronx machine. It's a school-based model that is helping students thrive by teaching them how to grow, cook, eat, and share the rewards of his green classroom. His personal commitment to healthy students, healthy classrooms, and a healthy community has led to amazing results for students through increased attendance, new jobs, and a stronger community. His keynote is the perfect beginning to a professional development experience that is dedicated to helping every educator prepare their students to lead healthy and active lives through effective health and physical education. So don't forget, start making your plans to get to Nashville March 20th through 24th for the Shape America National Convention. Can't wait to be there. Um, and that's going to be it for this episode. Again, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We really appreciate it. You're taking your time out of your day to listen and learn with us. And uh, until next time, happy teaching.